Good evening, Lake Church. How's everybody doing tonight? Are you glad to be in God's house? Hallelujah. Well, it's time to get started. Let's give a, a warm online welcome to all the people online. We're glad to have you. Praise the Lord. Got a lot. It's a busy month. Got a lot of things going on. Um, got a few announcements. I want to mention the garage sale. Make sure you bring your donations by the office Monday through Thursday, 9 to 3. Um, the yard sale is going to be an Area 51 uh, event. So uh, we're trying to, they're trying to earn money for camp. Uh, that'll be May 6th and 7th. Also, don't forget our missions fundraiser in the Commons. Um, it's been going on for a while. There's all kinds of stuff that they've been auctioning and, and uh, selling out there. So remember to do that. Also, this Sunday is Food Truck Sunday. Amen. Twisted Lime will be uh, serving quesadillas. And Kingdom Concessions will be ser serving uh, shaved ice. And uh, this Sunday kicks off the new message series, Press. And Pastor Greg will be preaching that. Amen. I want to mention the uh, ways to give um, in giving offering. You know, the Bible says uh, that you'll never see the righteous forsaken or seen out begging for bread. And that's because we're able to bless him. Amen. And so to be able to give is a blessing. And it's an opportunity for you. So um, you can give in online at lake-church.com. You could text to give. Um, there's some cards on the back of the seats that will help you with that. And also, you can give the old-fashioned way in the envelopes and the seat backs in front of you. And so, uh, you know, just do what God lays on your heart. Amen? I believe uh, we're in a season and a time that uh, we, can't, we definitely cannot give God. Amen? And so, uh, make sure when you're giving, you're giving out of uh, your heart, giving out of love. And be excited about your giving. It's important for us to be excited about what we're doing for the Lord and be able to bless the Lord. Amen? All right. I believe tonight's offering, there'll be a bucket back there in the back so you can put your offering in when you leave. And we're going to pray over the offering and we're going to get started. Pastor Gray's going to be uh, teaching on Sacred Place. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you will just uh, bless each and every one that came tonight and that we will uh, rightly divide the word and understand the word that is coming uh, from Pastor Greg, Lord, and I pray that you bless the gift and the giver. Multiply and meet the needs, Father God, for the church, for the community, Lord, and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Pastor Greg. Amen. Good evening, Lake Church. Amen. Well, let's turn in our Bibles to the 91st Psalm. And uh, we've got some good stuff in store for you tonight as we continue to talk about the secret place. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the secret place. Positionally, we're already there. We need to allow ourselves the ability to understand perceive and operate from the reality that we are experientially there, not just positionally there, but experientially. And how do we do that? We cultivate the knowledge of in him realities. When we, when we get schooled on who we are in Christ, then we immerse ourselves 
in the realities of the secret place. Amen? The secret place is not something that is carnal. It is not something that is physical. It is something that is built with spiritual means. And spiritual means means that it is created by words. So everything is created by words. But uh, when we are having trouble seeing the unseen, it is through the word that we see it. It is through this word that we see the unseen. So how can we know and operate in the realm of the unseen secret place that is not a material place in this realm, but is a spiritual, spiritual place, a spiritual dimension that is in the, the realm of the spirit? Well, we cultivate our eyesight and tweak our eyes with the word of God. So we begin to see very close, and we're going to begin to show you what the secret world looks like. Amen? Okay? So that you can know that you are operating in the secret world, because that's where the power is. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, one thing that I need to tell you is there's a difference between the secret world and the secret place. There's a big difference there. One is God-centric. One is me-centric. One is we come into the secret place through the realm of humility because it's a place of grace. How many realize you cannot operate in pride and be in grace? Amen? They're two very diametrically opposed concepts, pride and grace. They don't go hand in hand. Pride has to do with our works, with who we think we are, who we perceive we are. Grace just simply accepts what Jesus did and realizes that in and of ourselves we have absolutely nothing. Amen? But that's not the way a lot of Christians live. They don't live from that place of humility. They try to operate in realms of pride and then they don't understand how they're not walking in the reality of the secret place. Well, the secret place is a place of humility. It requires a certain attitude of humility and the secret world is all about you. It's all about my gifts, my dreams, my desires, my this, my that. So it's really fueled by pride. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, but let's read the first couple of verses of Psalm 91. It says, he who dwells or sits down in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty I will say to the Lord, or I'll say of the Lord, you're my refuge, you're my fortress, you're my God, in you I trust. Amen? And that's where we want to live from. Amen? We want to live from the place that the Lord is our refuge. Let's turn in another Psalm, Psalm 118. Psalm 118. And verses 8 and 9, it says, It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in men, even ourselves. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in men, even when that man or woman is ourselves. Amen? We're not to lean to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. Amen? Yeah. 
So notice it also says this, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. And this word princes here is translated um, in the Passion Translation, celebrities. Which is a good translation because it, it basically means uh, popular people of the day. Politicians, artists, things of that nature. So it's better to trust in the Lord than to trust in the talking heads that we see around us. Amen. And that's really what, the, what you look it up in the Greek, that's really what it means. You know, I've told you this before uh, many times. It says very clearly that evil seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's a sign of the end times. The word seducer there means actor or magician. There's a lot of magicians on your TV. There's a lot of magicians in your social media, and there's a lot of influencers out there that are actors. And they can even make you think something's going on that isn't really going on. So that's the reason why we have to be led by the Spirit of God and not be led by what we see, by what we hear. Hello. What we see in the sense realm, that's not really the truth. We need to delve deeper and realize that God has made us one with his spirit and he will lead and guide us into all truth. Do you believe that? So it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. So that tells me that I've got a choice. I can either trust in the Lord and and go to his refuge, which I'm already at positionally. That doesn't mean I'm accessing it. That doesn't mean that I'm participating in it because I can worry I can fret. I can say stupid stuff. I can make dumb decisions and be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. So, I mean, positionally, I can have it just like positionally you have a driver's license, but it doesn't mean experientially you're a good driver. You know, you, you, uh, you have positionally a marriage Certificate, but that doesn't mean that experientially you have a great marriage. So just having the document and having the word that says you have this doesn't necessarily mean that you're fully experiencing everything about it. So I can take refuge, even when I'm in the refuge of the most high positionally in Christ Jesus, I can choose other refuges. I can choose my education. I can choose my power, my position. I can choose, you know, the natural things of this world to try to find some kind of cover. But it says it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to take refuge in man. Amen? So let's go back to Psalm 23. That's where we left off when I was last with you. Psalm the 23rd. And we're going to do a little object lesson, so I may use some of you here. So don't get too worried. But uh, we, we started off with the first verse. Um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Very powerful verse. So what I'm showing you is this. This is talking about the secret place, which is the sheepfold of the Lord. It is in Christ. Psalm 23 is fulfilled in Christ because Christ has become everything to us. He's become our wisdom. He's become our salvation. He's become our strength. He's become uh, everything that we need is identified in Christ. 
And through the death, burial, and resurrection, we are made one with him. So therefore, positionally in him, we are in Psalm 23. We are in this place right now. Amen? Amen. This is not about heaven. This is about right now. The place where you live right now. You live in Psalm 23. Okay? But that means that certain mindsets have to be changed in order for me to understand the reality of operating within a sheepfold. He basically says, Yahweh is my rohi, is my shepherd. Yahweh, the name of God, which is translated in the capital letters, Lord, which is Yahweh, okay, in, in the original language. And it's always, tra- it's always translated Lord because he's the creator of everything. Yahweh identifies himself as the creator of everything and owner of the heavens and the earth. So if anyone deserves to be called Lord, it is Yahweh. But how many realize there's other lords out there? They're Baal or Baal, as we like to call him. It just simply means Lord. So there were other lords and there were different Baals in different regions of Israel and in the Middle East, okay? So there's always other lords out there that want you to submit to them, but the psalmist declares right here, King David, he says, Yahweh, he identifies, not Baal, not, uh, you know, any of the other gods that were around in that time. He pronounces Yahweh, the Lord, is my shepherd. And so last time we talked about the only way that I'm going to get in the reality of the secret place is understanding lordship. Because it's the humility that I use in receiving Yahweh as my Lord that I enter into covenant relationship with Jesus. He doesn't become your savior until he becomes your Lord first. Pray, uh, asking Jesus to be the savior of your life, I understand where that concept comes from because the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of what? The Lord shall be saved. So I understand, you know, Jesus come and save me. I understand that, but really it's Lord. When we pronounce him as Lord, Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if you will confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be what? Saved. So it's the confession of Lordship, not Savior. Hello. That gets us into the sheepfold. Amen. So we talked about the names of God. Remember the psalmist in Psalm 91, he, he said this, I will say of the Lord, refuge. Amen. I will say of the Lord, you know, my strong tower. He begins to declare who the Lord is to him. And that just comes from God's wonderful name, which is I am, because he is that. What you need, I am. I am what you need. I am everything that you would ever need. 
and I am that I am. I am not I was that or I will be that. I am that. So Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is the Lord and he changes not. So therefore he is still the I am. Amen? And so when we cry out to these different aspects of God, we're crying out to different facets of his personality and his character towards us. And so the first thing we've got to understand is his name is Yahweh, but Yahweh didn't just have a, a name just like Joel, okay, like Joel, like I know his name, but then he attributes a characteristic to him or a title to him. He says, Yahweh is my Rohi, my shepherd. He isn't just Yahweh, just like Joel to Ronnie isn't just Joel. Joel is her husband. So there's a title and a function that goes with their relationship with the name. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. To me, Joel's my friend. But Ronnie has a deeper relationship. She's able to say, Joel is my husband. Well, the psalmist says, Yahweh isn't just Yahweh out here. Yahweh is my shepherd, my Rohi, okay? So that becomes one of the first covenant names that is revealed. Jehovah Rohi, Jehovah Rohi, the Lord my shepherd. Now when we think about a shepherd, what do we think about? We think about provision, don't we? Because the, the shepherd takes care of the sheep. Do we not think about provision? How about protection? Do you think about protection? Psalm 91 is all about protection. Well, that is because he is Jehovah, our shepherd. He protects us. Amen? That's the reason why he has that shepherd's rook and he's got that club. Because he's going to beat down anything the enemy comes to try to do in your life. Regardless of what you're feeling today, God is at work in your life. And he is protecting you from far more than you could ever imagine or realize. Amen. So we've got Jehovah Rohi right off the bat. The Lord is my shepherd. So also shepherds give guidance, don't they? Do they give guidance to the sheep? Absolutely they do. In fact, the sheep follow after the shepherd. And remember Jesus said in John chapter 10, he says, the sheep, they know my voice and the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. And if you go into Israel where they would go to rest stops, they would put their herds or their, their uh, flock in these certain you know, areas in which they would fence them around. And there may be several flocks with different shepherds in that same holding place. But once that shepherd comes out and does his distinctive call, all the sheep that belong to that shepherd line up and walk out and follow that shepherd. Amen? And that's the case with, with, with being part of a local house, a local church. People say, well, I'm searching for a church. I'm looking for a church. No, 
You're not looking for a church. You're looking for a shepherd. You're looking for to hear the voice of the shepherd in an under-shepherd or in an under-shepherd in the community. And when you hear that voice, you'll be inclined to get into line and follow what the Lord is doing because we don't just follow a man. We follow, what did Paul say? Follow me as I follow after Christ. So what's, what's the apostle Paul saying? He's saying, I'm a sheep too. He said, I'm not just some king of the sheep, you know. I'm, I'm just as dependent on, on the good shepherd as you are. Amen. He's just put me in a position of oversight to help you, and that's it. Not to dictate to your life or tell you what to do or tell you what decisions you're supposed to, you know, the shepherding movement. How many remember that in the 70s and the 80s? the shepherding movement. There's nothing, no truth to that at all. That's not the way you pastor people. That's not the way the Lord pastors his people either. Amen. Amen. And so we've got it all wrong. And so people get upset when you start talking about shepherd and sheep, but it is the largest metaphor that is used in the old Testament in regard to God and his people. And even Jesus tapped into that when he ministered here on planet earth. So it's certainly a psychological operation of the wicked one to try to get our mind off of the concepts of the shepherd and his sheep. Amen. So we've got to understand that uh, he guides us, he leads us, he protects us, he provides for the sheep. He says, I'm the gate of the sheepfold. That means that he puts himself right in harm's way. Everything else is protected by a gate. He becomes the door to the gate. He's, the only, he's in the only vulnerable position that is in that place. And the shepherd would lie across that because he knew if he lied across that, the wolf would not dare come in because he's going to smell him. Hello. You've got the smell of Jesus protecting you from the wolves of the world. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. Amen. Then he goes on and he says, I shall not want. And that is Jehovah. Anybody tell me what that is? It's Jehovah Jireh. The Lord, my provider. I'm here to tell you, Jesus, if you'll follow him as shepherd, you will not want. He knows how to provide for his sheepfold. Does Jesus know how to provide for his sheepfold? Amen. Absolutely he does. Because he's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees ahead and makes provision. So on the cross, as Jesus is hanging on the cross, it says, for the joy that was set before him, God, before the foundation of the world, created a habitation for his people. He knew that the sinfulness of Adam caused Adam to not be able to participate in that wonderful, uh, you know, wonderful field of provision. So through Jesus dying on the cross, our good shepherd, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. What was the joy? The joy was seeing you and seeing me, and seeing all who will call upon the name of the Lord. 
grazing in the grass and in the field that the Lord created for each and every one of us. Amen. I'm telling you that's good news. Amen. Hallelujah. And so he's made provision for us. We don't need to want for anything. And there's no greater deliverance in your life than being delivered from the power of want. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, I got to move on. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. This is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord, our peace. The Lord, our peace. See, we've got Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, our shepherd. We've got Jehovah um, Jireh, the Lord who sees ahead and makes provision. Now we have Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, my peace. Amen. Let's read that again. It says, he makes me lie down. Now notice that word, makes me. You want to know why that word's in there? Because the Lord is your shepherd. You've submitted to him. So that means when he tells you, sit down. You sit down. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but he's had to make me. <laughs> He's had to make me. Come on. He's had to make me lie down. Because we get so busy that our paradigm has not shifted from the fact that the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. That we busy ourselves trying to either make something happen or try to pay a debt that we think we owe him. Amen. And the Lord says, lay down. Stop it. Rest. You don't have to thank me a hundred million times. I love your Thanksgiving, but you don't have to do, you don't have to constantly try to prove yourself to me. Lay down. Stop being religious. Lay down. Hello. Stop trying to make your own way and lay down. I know you can do some things, but maybe I don't want you to do that. Lay down. Hello. He makes me lie down in the green pastures. Some of you, I, I just sense by the spirit of the Lord, the Lord's been telling you to lay down and you're going, <laughs> ruffling your little fleece up. Hello, not resting, not giving him full submission to his lordship. When you said the Lord is my shepherd, you basically said, I give up my life. Then he goes on and he says, he leads me in the path. Uh, he he uh, leads me beside still waters. Amen. So we've got Jehovah Shalom. I don't know what's attacking your mind today. I don't know what's harassing you. Maybe the cares of this life have got you just over a table. 
Maybe you're tormented in your mind because of a doctor's report or because of something that's went down from the economic world and, and something you've seen on television that's tormented your mind. Maybe you're in relational torment at this time. Remember, the Lord is your shepherd. He leads you and makes you lie down. Trust him. He is your peace. You don't just have peace. You have the Prince of Peace living on the inside of you. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. He has given us his peace because he's given us his presence. So where am I going to find that peace? I'm going to find that peace in his presence. His presence is where the grass is that we lie down in and the still streams because sheep get spooked easy. So they like to drink from still waters because how many like turbulence? Do we like white water in our lives? <laughs> Even the most adventurous in, in our, of our group here don't find it very fun to go through white water moments. We don't like getting splashed. We don't like getting our clothes soaked. We don't like the peril and the danger of wondering if we're going to get out of here alive. But the Lord is our peace. And he leads us beside still waters. That means still waters are accessible, always accessible. Depending upon the weather, depending upon the size of the stream, it will definitely dictate whether or not you're going to want to take a drink or get in it. So God provides a still waters. Amen? And still waters run deep. So there's enough. Amen? There's provision, there's rest, there's peace, and that is Jehovah Shalom. Amen? Does Jehovah Shalom live in you? Then praise God, speak to that torment in the name of Jesus, command it to leave your life right now, and release Shalom peace into your soul right now in the name of Jesus. Amen? He goes on and he says, I'm showing you how he fulfills the seven covenant names in this uh, 23rd Psalm. He says, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Everybody say restore. restore. He restores my soul. That comes from the, the covenant name Jehovah Rapha which means the Lord, my healer. In fact, true um, Hebrew says the Lord, my physician. Or the Lord who fixes me. Aren't you glad that you have the Lord who fixes you? The Lord, your physician. Another translation says, the Lord, your health. 
I am the Lord, your health. Let that sink in. I am the Lord, your health. Amen? Hallelujah. So he restores our soul. And the word soul there is a Hebrew word that means all the characteristics of your life. Anything that needs fixing, Jehovah Rapha's there. Anything that needs fixing. He is the Lord that fixes me. He is the Lord that mends me. He's the Lord that puts me back together. When I've been broken up by the world, he puts me back together. He mends me and heals me and restores me. He restores my soul, not just mentally, but physically. He restores us physically. Amen? When a sheep gets in trouble, falls off a cliff, finds himself stuck in a hole, causes a broken leg, the shepherd's there to fix the sheep. Amen? Hallelujah. Some of you feel like you're supposed to be lamb chops, but the Lord is going to heal you and restore you back. Amen? Hallelujah. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's Jehovah Tiskindu. The Lord our righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. I am not here to try to make myself pleasing to God. I want to walk pleasing to the Lord, but I can't make myself to be pleasing to the Lord. I need another person, a more perfect person, to appease and satisfy the the standard of God so that I can stand before God free of guilt and shame and condemnation. And how does that happen? It happens because of his righteousness. He who knew no sin became sin for me so that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not trying to be righteous. I'm not working to be righteous. I'm not one day going to get my righteousness pin in heaven. I have been established grade A righteous from the time that I called upon the name of the Lord in October of 1989 in a yellow Cadillac when I uttered the name Jesus, God stamped me pure 100% righteous before him because I had received the good shepherd that gave his life for the sheep. Are you guys dead out there? That's some good news right there. See, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm talking about the secret place. If you want to understand operating in the concepts of the secret place, you've got to understand the shepherd and the sheep. You've got to understand the provisional sustenance of God. You've got to understand that peace is your possession. You've got to understand that the Lord is your healer. He's your physician and that he's there at the doctor's office with you, that he never leaves you nor forsakes you. That no matter what report you might get, he's right there. And if you could just see him with the eye of faith, he would give you an assuring look that it's going to be all right. 
because I'm your shepherd. But what do we do? We think he left us you know, out in the parking lot. He's waiting, you know, walk into our doctor's appointment and Jesus is saying, I'll stay in the car. Hello? That's what we go in with the mentality like. We go into situations with our life thinking that Jesus is left in the car. And that's not true. If you knew who was with you, you wouldn't be afraid. Hello, I'm preaching to myself. If you knew who was with you and living in you, you wouldn't be afraid. If that was really a reality to you, there wouldn't be anything that anybody could ever say to you, devil or human being, that could cause you to quake in your boots. There'd be absolutely no reason. None. But are we there yet? Are we there yet? Well, that's the reason why we have to cultivate the secret place. We have to understand where we're at. If you know where you're seated, it affects everything you do. It affects the way you approach everything you do. It affects every conversation that you have. When problems come, if you know where you're seated, you can laugh. But we don't see ourselves there. And when we don't see ourselves there, we see ourselves in a back alley susceptible to the gangs and the grime of this world. And that's what we think. I'm left alone. The wolves are out to get me. No, the shepherd lives in you. The shepherd is upon you. The shepherd is around you. Amen. You got to get a hold of these things because this is how you got to see your life. When it talks about the armor of God, he's not talking about physical armor. He's talking about revelations, just like what he's saying here. You got to have a revelation of your righteousness. You've got to have a revelation of the peace of God. You've got to have a revelation of what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. That's what the armor is. The armor is revelation. The armor is I know that I know that I know. Just like Paul said in 2 Timothy, I know in whom I believe. And I'm persuaded that he is able. Amen. He's fixing things right now. I just heard him say that. I'm fixing things right now in people's bodies right now in the name of Jesus. He's fixing things in people's bodies right now. Right now, he is. Right now. He says the Lord Jehovah Rapha is right here and he's fixing things right now. Fixing things. Okay, I got to move on. Amen. All right. All right. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That means that we have Jehovah Nisi. Oh, remember that song we used to sing, Sharon? Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Nisi. What does that mean? The Lord, my banner. The Lord, my victory. Oh, my goodness gracious. I tell you what, we're going to have to... We're, I'm going to have to get some misters or something. Wake up, man. You're making me work too hard. Jehovah Nisi. The Lord, my victory. Amen. We got to play that. We need to get the cowbell out and just dance all around this place. Jehovah Nisi. 
The Lord, we did cowbell in that, didn't we? Didn't we hit that cowbell? Yes, we did. Yes, you forgot. How could you forget? I need more cowbell. Amen. And I mean, it's a, I'm telling you, the devil hates you saying Jehovah Nisi. He absolutely hates that because it reminds him of his defeat. I said it reminds him of his defeat. It reminds him that he don't have any place. He's been stripped. When you start saying Jehovah Nisi, although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my victory. I might be going through a bad time now. I might be going through a rough season or a rough patch, but I've still got the victory because Jehovah Nisi, hello, I'm carrying the banner of the death, burial, and resurrection and victory regardless of what my body says, regardless of what my checkbook says, regardless of what my spouse is saying, regardless of what my kids are saying, regardless of what my boss is saying, regardless of what Tucker Carlson is saying, regardless. Hello. And that flag is always flying. I said, that flag is always flying. I'm here to tell you when people would go into war, they would get in groups and troops and they would have what they known as a standard and it was a flag. And it was a flag that had colors that they all memorized and understood the understanding of it. Also had a mascot on it, you know, could have been a gopher, could have been a hedgehog, could have been whatever, but it was something that typified that group, that, that group of men. And when things would get a little crazy and bombs would go off and there would be a lot of firefighting and there was just all kinds of confusion that came in, they had what was known as a standard bearer. And that standard bearer would get to a high place and he would take that flag and he would drop it into the ground. And they would look to that flag, to that standard, and they would, it would rally their courage. They would regroup and they would enter the battle again. I'm here to tell you, the flag is always flying. You're not going to see Jesus in a foxhole crying. He's lifting that flag up and he's saying, I know what the doctor said, but this. I know what they're saying, but this. I know what they're saying about the world and what's going on. But guess what? The flag is flying high. Jesus, Jehovah Nisi is alive and well. Hello. I'll tell you what, that's good. We ought to do a Jericho march. <laughs> Amen. Jehovah Nisi. That's exciting stuff. See, we, you know, there's people probably watching that. Oh, that's foolish. Well, then be broken, sick. Just go ahead. Let the devil tell you you're defeated. Let him, let him just tell you you're defeated. No, I'm going to fly that flag high. Hallelujah. I was in the hospital, had things hooked up to me. You know, it looked, if you walked in the room, you'd think, oh, Greg, he's down. He's got it in there. But inside, inside, I was flying that flag. 
Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my victory, amen. Hello, I may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death right now, but I'm not going to be afraid because I've got the banner, the Lord my victory, and because he lives, I live. Hello, you can be in a jail cell right now and be flying that. You could be fighting with your wife right now and flying that victory. Come on now. You might have a, a, a child that's out of the way, that's living their own life, doesn't even have fellowship with you. You just keep flying that flag. Just keep flying that flag. Amen. Hello. Oh, glory to God. Now notice this. He says, I will fear no evil. For why? For you are with me. I love my mom and dad. My mom's in heaven. I love my dad. My dad's one of the great heroes of my life. But you know, he's not always with me. You know, there's people in my life that I looked up to and looked for strength and for guidance and for encouragement that aren't here anymore. He isn't like, oh, I'll get there soon. Or just just pray enough and then I, maybe I'll come down. That's the way a lot of people think God does. Well, I haven't prayed enough. so he's not. No, he's with you even when you're serving that porn. Come on, it's just the truth, friend. He knows your history. Hello. He doesn't leave you. Well, you don't know what I've done. I've messed up. I, I haven't been walking the Christian life like I should. I haven't been reading my Bible the way that I should. It doesn't matter. He said, I'll never leave you. He didn't say, I'll never leave you, never forsake you, except, you know, that you toe the line and that you, you know, he didn't say that. No, he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. In fact, the writer of the book of Hebrews, which I believe is the apostle Paul, but he talks about this in the 13th chapter. He says this, and it's emphatic in the actual Greek. I mean, it's absolutely emphatic. I think it, it says it three times. It says um, that I may boldly say the Lord is my helper. Well, it's first off, it says the Lord has said, and this is, this is how emphatic it actually, in the Greek, it means multiple times over and over. I will not, I will not, I will not leave you nor forsake you. You didn't get a hold of that. Therefore, I can say, the Lord is my helper. Why? Because he's always there. There's sometimes we have things that we need done, you know, in our lives and we're banking on certain relationships to kind of help us do that. Sometimes they make it and sometimes they don't. Hello. And guess what? It takes one to know one. I've, 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 yeah, I'm not going to be there. I've done that myself. You know, Matlock's on. But the Lord says, I will not. 
I will not, I will not ever leave you or forsake you. He doesn't leave us. That is the, the, the uh, um, Hebrew name for God, Jehovah Shammah, which means I'm here. How many times, how many times has God had to remind you? <laughs> Come on now. I'm here. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to make this. Greg, Greg, Greg. That's not my wife. That's my inside voice. What are we going to do? How are we going to make this happen? What's going to happen? You mean they did that? Oh, my gosh. And the Lord's saying, I'm here. Get a nasty report. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm here. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means everything. It means absolutely everything. Who you hang around determines a lot of things in your life. It determines whether you're going to be on your heels or whether you're going to be on your toes. It determines whether you're going to have a forward stance or you're just going to get down there in a fetal position and cry. It all depends on who you hang with. And what he's saying is, I am there. I'm here. I'm here. In fact, one of the words for parakaletos, the Holy Spirit, is standby. Are you tapping into your standby? Because he's standing by you. And you've got a problem that's too big for you. You're swimming in over your head. You can't get your head above water. And here's the standby, ready and available to lift you up out of that mess and to fix your mess. But you're not tapping into him. Trying to wrestle, make it in your own mind, try to figure it out, try to call whoever. Even prayer chains and things of that nature can be detrimental to tapping into the standby. Get with your standby first and then let him direct you who to call. There's been times that I faced situations in my life and I said, Lord, I know you're there and I know you're with me regardless of how I feel. I'm very numb right now. The spiritual world is very muted to me because of the situation that I'm in, but I know that you're there. Give me unction. Give me wisdom. Give me something. And sometimes he'll say, call this person. That was a word from God. Call this person. And I'll be obedient and I'll call that person. And guess what? The Lord would have spoke to them. Maybe not before, but when we're talking, a rhema will come to them. A word of knowledge, a word of wisdom that is for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because why? The Lord is there. The Lord is there. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And he's there. He's there all the time. I'm here. You need to hear that. 
Every time a problem comes, every time that phone rings, every time that debt collector calls, God's saying, I'm here. Every time you have a fight with your spouse, I'm here. Every time your kid cusses you out and is doing dope and things of that nature, I'm here. I'm here. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. He knows all the specifics of the problem. You only see one side of it. He sees all of it. So he's at work. And so sometimes we get upset. We know he's here, but we don't see it working fast enough. You got to understand there's roots that go deep, deep down that he's pulling up out of the ground to get where it will never grow in your life again. He's not about picking fruit. He's about cutting roots. But he's there. And when you ask him to come in and solve a problem, you better be ready to have your, your front yard dug up. Amen? Because he's going to do it. Notice what it says. And this is, this is a very controversial here. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Well, why would two... Uh, obvious it comforts us in the sense that they protect us, but these are also used to correct us. They're used differently. I mean, Jesus is not going to hit his sheep with a club. That's not what he's going to do. There's preachers that will tell you that. He's not going to use that rook to be abusive to the sheep, but when a wolf comes, he's going to beat him with that club and he's going to use that rook. But when the sheep's in trouble, when the sheep doesn't know where they're at and what they're doing, then he uses those instruments differently. Amen? He uses that rook to pull sheep out of bad situations. He uses that club to be able to enforce, you see, some kind of defense and victory in that sheep's life. So these things are a comfort to us that the Lord correcting us should comfort us. Because that means we are part of his sheepfold. Because if he's shearing us and taking care of us and pulling us out of situations and saying and guiding us with that same shepherd crook that he would use to beat off the wolves, but he's using it in a different way for us. There might be a little pressure there. There might be a little assertiveness there. There might be some strong persuasion there, but it's for our own good. And even when we don't see it, even when we don't see it and we feel that gentle push, we need to just say, you know what? This comforts me. I am not I'm going to say this, guys. I'm not a bastard. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. Because he only does this for sons and daughters. The Bible says it very clearly. It says those that are his sons and daughters, he corrects. He child trains. Doesn't abuse them doesn't hit them for no reason, doesn't hit them at all, abuse them, but uses the same tools he uses to protect us with, to lead and guide us with. Do you understand the difference? Amen? He is not going to put sickness on you to try to get you to go down the narrow path. He's not going to cause you to be impoverished and not give you your weekly feeding so that he can get you right where he wants. That is not the way the Lord works. Amen? 
So he is Jehovah Shammah, okay? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. See, this is talking about right here, right now. It's not talking about heaven. The table up there don't have no enemies around it. Amen? I'm telling you what, it's going to have all you can eat. Lobster and shrimp. Even though Leviticus bans it. <laughs> Hello. All right. That wasn't very kosher. It says, you anoint my head with oil. Now, how does he do that? See, sheep had problems with, with pests, with, with uh, various things that would try to get in around the eyes and, and afflict the eyes. And so what the shepherd would do is he would take oil, olive oil, and he would put it on the top of their forehead, anointing their head with oil. And it caused all the gnats and all of those. And what does that represent? That represents that he will anoint your mind to keep it from being yeah, penetrated by demonic hosts. The torments of the, de of the demonic hosts, the harassment of the wicked one. He says, I'll anoint your head with oil. He says, my cup runs over. Amen. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? Forever and ever. Amen. Now let's turn over to Colossians. And I'm going to give you a real quick object lesson to kind of seal this into your thought. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 1. It says, if you've then been raised with Christ, or we could say this, if you've been put in this secret place, because that's really what it is. When you're at the right hand of God the Father, you're seated with Christ, that's where you're at. You're in the secret place, all right? He says, if you've then been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. See, that's the difference. See, we have to maintain our concentration within the secret place. We can't be distracted outside of it. We have to stay within it because there are problems and temptations and trials that will try to get us out of it and get our focus off the goodness of God, get our focus off of righteousness, get our focus off Jehovah Rapha, and get our focus on something else. So he says, seek the things that are above where Christ is, because where Christ is, that's where you're at. Okay? Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind. Now notice this. Because we're physically somewhere else, aren't we? Physically, we're right here sitting in a brown chair. Okay? But spiritually, we're seated with him. So how does that translate? Well, if I set my mind, because where's the battlefield at? What I set my mind on is the environment I operate in. If my mind is set on things physical, then I'm going to operate in that realm. But if my mind is set on things above, 
Notice what it says. Set your mind on things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. But for you have died. Everybody say, I died. You really don't believe that, but I, we're going to say it anyway. For I've died and my life is hid with Christ in God. Yes. So the secret place is with Christ, seated with Christ, in Christ, with God. That's where the secret place is. Okay. So we take these aspects of God that we just discussed. And Joel, come on up here. Joel, you're Jehovah Roha, you're an aspect of God, and I want you to stand right here because you're, you're the shepherd, so you're at the start of this circle that I'm about to make. So I'm going to need you to go up a little bit here. Karen, would you come up here? It's nice to have Karen here on a Wednesday night. Amen? So she is um, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. Come on up here. Come on up here. She's a provider. See, that's an aspect of God. And here we have Jehovah Shalom, the peace of God. Come on up here. Hallelujah. Then we have Jehovah, our righteousness, Tiskindu. Okay, so we're going to turn a little bit, make a circle like this. Okay, so the entrance is the, through the shepherd. But here we have Shalom, here we have righteousness, here we have uh, provision, okay? Uh, Kevin, come on up here, and you be Rapha, Jehovah Rapha, okay? Jehovah Rapha, amen. Come on up here, dear. Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Shama, Okay? So you're going to face right over here. How many do I got there? One, two, three, four, five, six. I need one more. One more, but I don't want Bob to skip up and over here. Jack's looking at his phone. He does not want to be up here. Come on, Jack. Come on, Jack. He is, he is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. The Lord, our victory. Amen? Okay. Now, see, I can operate out here, but God wants me to operate in here. Okay? He wants me to operate in here. See, if I set my mind on things that are outside, I'm not in there. I'm outside of it. Amen? Do you understand that? Now, positionally, I'm there, but in my mind, I'm distracted and I'm out here. It's only when I, in, I come through the shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. And I come in here and guess what? The Bible calls this his wraparound love. Amen. That's one translation. The Passion Translation says it all the time. His wraparound love. Well, his wraparound love is all of these seven attributes wrapped around. See, I'm insulated now. I'm insulated in here. So sickness and disease has got to go through Rafa. When I have provisional trouble, then I'm going to have, you know, his provision uh, in Jehovah Jireh. You know, when it comes to my righteousness, you know what, and tries to attack my right standing with God, I've got this here, okay? So, and then I've got, you know, my victory whenever I'm feeling low, I'm getting depressed, 
I can raise the banner because I'm insulated. And so the enemy can't get to me here. But what the enemy does is he seeks to get me out of the humility. See, the way I stay in here is humility. I have to humble myself and say, I need this. I am not self-sufficient. I cannot do this on my own. And then all of a sudden, <coughs> the enemy begins to try to lure me out. And what he does is he deceives me through self-sufficiency and pride. Okay? So when he lures me out in a situation where I want to give somebody a piece of my mind, or I want to try to fix the problem myself, or I want to not trust the Lord, see, I wedge myself out, and I find myself where? Unprotected. See, when I get in, in pride, I'm operating in myself. See, when a problem attacks my life, our first response is not to run to this. Our first response is, put up your dukes. I'm going to give you all I got. Well, guess what? You don't have enough. There are problems you are not going to be able to solve. And even when you feel like you've got some kind of you know, uh, victory in, in yourself, it creates more problems. No. Run to here. He that sets down in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, refuge, fortress, in you, not me, I trust. Amen. Amen? Amen? But our pride wants us to get out. Say, for instance, you know, it begins to work on rast in my mind, and he begins to take a hold of my peace, and he lures me out with offense. Or some, oh, I can't believe they said that about me, or they did that. Well, they lure me out. He lures me out, and I'm unprotected. See, I can be lured out by getting pitiful and feeling sorry for myself and not, not understanding I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I can begin to feel shame and guilt and condemnation, and it lures me out. It lures me out. Begin to feel sorry for myself, be depressed, go, go on a you know, some kind of pity party, okay? And it's the same way with victory. Well, I don't feel very victorious. Right. The enemy will just say, well, you're not victorious. You still got, you know, the banks are calling and everything, and you're not victorious. And he tries to lure you out with your pride. Pride is the number one detrimental area that you need to deal with in your life every day because that's what gets you out of this place. Amen? No, we need to stay there and we, you know, have you ever been in your house, you know, 
and, and you got in a fight in the neighborhood or something like that, and the kids all came, and you were out there, and your mom says, go to your room and stay in there, and they're out in the road saying, come on out here. You just stay in your little room. Just stay there. Obey mama. You'll be safe. Come on now. Mama will open up a can. I know. I've seen my mama do that. Hello. You just sit there and you let the Lord fight your battle. And here's the best thing about it is when the enemy comes to try to lure you out, you just remind him. Just say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hallelujah. Amen. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Amen. I, I remind him of these things and it just, just makes him mad because you're peeping out. It's kind of like that, kind of like that Monty Python where they, they harassed. Some of you won't get that at all. But. <laughs> I blow my nose at your general direction. Amen. See, you can, you, can, you can do some talking from this spot. But you get out here. Hello. You're going to hear the enemy say, when you're a jet, you're always a jet. They're going to come after you, baby. And there. Amen. They're going to come after you. You don't have no defense. Hello, you don't have any defense whatsoever. Hmm? In here, you might hear them say, Warriors come out and play. <laughs> but you stay in there. You stay in there. Say, No, I'm not. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to stay with Rafa. I'm going to stay with Tiskandu. I'm going to stay with Shama. I'm going to stay with Nisi. I'm going to stay with... Amen? And that's how you abide in the secret place. Amen? Thank these guys. Give them a warm hand as they go back. Hallelujah. We broke in Jack on this one, so... We'll use him from now on. Amen. But did you see how that worked? Did that give you a visual illustration of how to stay in that? See, me being in that is I'm mindful. I need to see myself with the pillar of Rohi, with the pillar of Rafa, with the pillar of Tiskandu, with the pillar of Shama, with the pillar. And that's where I stay. That's the armor. You can take those and correlate them to Ephesians 6. I mean, it's almost like laser right over on it. All of those are revelations that you must hold on to that guards your life. Amen? And I'm telling you, when the enemy comes, you don't let him lure you out of it. Because he has no power over you when you're in the secret place. There's absolutely no power whatsoever. In Christ, he can't do anything to you. But when you start operating in yourself, 
then you open yourself up. And it doesn't mean that God can't fix it. It doesn't mean you can't run into the strong tower. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean you shipwreck your life if you find yourself deceived. It just means we just go back and we stay there and we learn our lesson and we continue to fight from the place of victory instead of trying to get victory. See, the only reason why people get lured out is because they want victory for themselves. You've already got victory in Christ. Stand in that. Stand in what he's done. Don't try to get victory for yourself because you can't win. You can't win. You've already won in Christ. Just accept his victory and walk in that. Stay in that. Stand in that. Live in that. Sit in that. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen? Amen. Did you get anything out of that? That help you? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus and you're not in a place where you can get in that strong secret place, you can do so by making a decision for Christ, by obeying the gospel. And we will have people up here that are willing to pray with you willing to minister to your needs. If you need healing in your body, if you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they're going to be here. Amen? So I praise the Lord. I'm excited about this Sunday because we're going to talk about something that is very vital to our church and to the body of Christ. And I would just encourage you not to miss because it's going to take you to a whole nother level in your walk with the Lord. Because many people do not understand the press. They don't understand the press that you go through to go from glory to glory. Jesus went through the press for you and I. Now, we don't go through the press that he went through because he did that for us. But when it comes to walking out our salvation there are times in which we will face a press. And how Jesus went through his press gives us clues on how we're to operate in our press. And so I want to go to the other side. How about you? Well, you know what? You can, you can make decisions during the time of, of the press that keep you in the same level you're in. The children of Israel walked in circles for 40 years when they could have got to the promised land in 11 days. Okay, there's people that are walking in the wilderness of their life and they haven't went through the press. They've, some people avoid the press and some people don't know how to respond when they're in the press. Jesus shows us how to respond when we're in the press. We're going to talk about betrayal. We're going to talk about abandonment. We're going to talk about all the things that the Lord went through in Gethsemane. These are secrets from Gethsemane when Jesus was pouring out his life. And I think you'll be very surprised at what we show and what we show you in the Word of God that will assist you in your ability to go from one glory to another. God has more for you. But your greatest hindrance to getting to where you want to go 
is your pain threshold. Okay? So we're going to talk about that. Amen? Hallelujah. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you all. And to all a good night.